Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. I've always been a big John Candy fan. But to really get to the core of what it means to be a fan of someone, you kind of need to be locked away with them for a little while. This is what happened to me when I was in college. The campus I lived on wasn't exactly isolated, but there wasn't a whole lot going on there, and we didn't get good television reception. So one holiday break, everybody started to go home, and at that point my family was living further away from me than I could visit real easily, and I decided I was going to spend the entire holiday break on campus. I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to read books and watch movies. Now here's the thing. That year I was trying to buckle down, so I had decided to try to live a sort of distraction-free environment, which basically meant that I glommed onto everybody else's distractions. So when my roommate left... The one thing I didn't plan on was that he would take his entire video collection with him. So I woke up the morning after he left, it was quiet, I had slept in, wonderful. Made myself something to eat, I plopped down on the couch, and I turned on the television. We could only get the Spanish language station that was not too far away from us. So I thought, well my Spanish is a bit rusty, so let me put on videotape. I went over to the videotape area, there was nothing there. I panicked. What am I going to do this entire time? Am I actually going to read? Am I going to learn stuff at school? This is impossible. This was supposed to be my time to relax and do nothing, not really catch up, like I said. Then I noticed something. The little icon that indicated there was a tape in the VCR was on. So I went over, and I hit play. The movie that had been left in the VCR was Uncle Buck. Now, I'm a fan of Uncle Buck, but over the next week, I became a hardcore fan of Uncle Buck. It was on the entire time I was there. Whenever I was in the living room and that TV was on, that's what was playing. I did get out from time to time, but the weather wasn't that great. And although I tried to buckle down and learn some things, I mostly slept, ate frozen food, and watched Uncle Buck, most nights falling to sleep with it on. It was during this time that I really came to appreciate the charisma and magnetism of John Candy. His character in the movie is not exactly as likable as Del Griffith in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, a very likable character, in my opinion. He's flawed, but John Candy has such natural likability that he carries the entire movie, and to this day, whenever it's on TV, I can't turn away. After the break would end and people came back, I would be quoting Uncle Buck for weeks afterwards, and I made people watch it with me, trying to get them to appreciate the same thing. And that's all I really want people to do, is appreciate the work of John Candy in any movie that he's in. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the actor John Candy. We'll talk about his early life, where he was born, his work on TV, his work in film, a little bit about his life outside of the small and big screen. We'll talk about his untimely death, and we'll talk a little bit about his legacy. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show.
John Franklin Candy was born October 31st, Halloween, 1950, in Newmarket, Ontario, which is in Canada. He's the son of Sidney James Candy and Evangeline Candy. He was raised in a working-class neighborhood and graduated from McNeil High School, which was an all-boys Catholic school in Toronto. He's been quoted as saying that a lot of his life was shaped by what he learned at Neil McNeil High School, which is the full name of the school, and it certainly would influence his investment in Canadian football, which we'll talk about later, because while he was at Neil McNeil, he played Canadian football. Just a sad fact about John's early life. In 1955, when John was only five years old, his father passed away of a heart attack at age 35. And as you might know, John Candy passed away early as well in his life. So a sort of repeating pattern of tragedy in the Candy household. Candy's first movie role was an uncredited appearance in the 1973 film Class of 1944. And he would appear in other low-budget films during the 70s. Probably the one that people reference the most is the thriller The Silent Partner, which starred Christopher Plummer and Elliot Gould. Then in 1976, Candy landed a supporting role along with future SCTV alumni Rick Moranis on a short-lived late-night television show called 90 Minutes Live. Now, as I said, he's alumni of something called SCTV, which is Second City TV, because John was a member of the Toronto branch of this comedy troupe, the Second City. While that group was based in Chicago, they had branched out into other areas, and probably the Chicago branch is well known because that's where a lot of the original Saturday Night Live cast came from. The Toronto branch of the Second City would gain notoriety because they would have a Toronto-based variety show called SCTV. The show would become even more popular when NBC would pick up the show in 1981 and begin broadcasting it. And that is where I first became aware of John Candy. Tired of ordinary television? Don't touch that dial. SCTV is now on the air. Starring John Candy. Joe Flaherty. Eugene Levy. Andrea Martin. Rick Moranis. like you've never seen it before. This is the SCTV Television Network. Today's show is brought to you by the other candy. That's right, edible candy. It's what you eat when you're hungry. Selling quality candy is a really that candy. So as I said, John was on SCTV and he was memorable because he had a strong talent for mimicry, which he used to impersonate a lot of characters like Orson Welles, Richard Burton, Pavarotti, Don Rickles, Curly Howard, Jackie Gleason, and even Retro's favorite Tom Selleck. But he also had characters that weren't based on his ability to mimic others. There was 
street beat TV personality Johnny LaRue and his psychophantic talk show sidekick William B. Williams. It was during SCTV that he created his cheerful Lutonian clarinetist Yash Schmengi, who was a member of the Happy Wanderers, and that would lead to a mockumentary called The Last Polka with Eugene Levy. Your names aren't on the list. You forgot to register. Pavel Vyachki's name's on the list. Yeah, how come you got her name? You ain't got ours. Because Mrs. Vilviachki filled out a form. She's a registered voter. Hi, I'm your Schmengi. And I'm Stan Schmengi. You know what you just saw, of course, was a dramatization. Election day is drawing near, and it's every good citizen's duty to go out and vote. But you can't vote unless you register. So if you're a citizen in this great country ours, register, then vote, and taste some freedom for a change. It's almost as good a taste as Mrs. Vilviachki's cabbage rolls and coffee. <laughs> so I'll register. Then vote. I guess you could say that John Candy was one of the breakthrough stars of SCTV, but it was a slow climb for him at first. You would think it was going to go real well because he got into a Steven Spielberg movie right as the 70s were closing. Unfortunately, that Spielberg movie was the flop 1941. Universal Pictures and Columbia Pictures present an 18 production of a Steven Spielberg film. Ah! 1941. <laughs> Even though that movie was a flop, John Candy had something, and other roles would follow. He was in the movie The Blues Brothers, where he plays a police officer who's after Jake and Elwood Blues. Who wants an orange whip? Orange whip? Orange whip? Three orange whips. That was a huge hit, and he would land a role in one of my favorite movies, Stripes, as Dewey Oxberger, playing off of Bill Murray and Harold Rimus in that film. My name's Dewey Oxberger. My friends call me Ox. You might have noticed that uh, I've got a slight weight problem. No. Yeah, I do. No. Yeah, yeah, I do. Anyway, I went to this doctor, and well, he told me I, I swallowed a lot of aggression, along with a lot of pizzas. <laughs> pizzas. Over the next two years, he would accumulate a couple of other small roles. He did a cameo in National Lampoon's Vacation. He would also appear on Saturday Night Live twice, hosting in 1983. Then in 83, he headlined in a film called Going Berserk. Be on the lookout for this man. He's been linked to dangerous convicts. What are you doing here? I set fire to my family. He's a handcuffed, oh! hardened criminal. Wait, please, I don't want to go. John Candy is John Bergen-Young. He's the most wanted man in America. And he was last seen going for service. <laughs> going berserk, rated R. Around the same time, he was also approached to play the role of accountant Lewis Tully in Ghostbusters, but he had an idea of how the character should be played, it didn't work well, and the part instead went to Rick Moranis. Although, if you watch the Ghostbusters music video, John Candy does have a small part in that. The breakout role for John Candy was probably playing Tom Hanks's womanizing brother in the romantic comedy Splash. Originally, that role of Freddy was read for by Tom Hanks, but he got the lead role. I'm a, I'm a free spirit. I'm extremely liberal. I'm a freewheeling dude. You know what your problem is? You're in love with this girl, and you're trying to convince yourself you're not. 
I, I just don't know, Freddy. It's just something about it isn't, isn't right. I'll serve. You hold the beer, that'll be your handicap. Oh, we're gonna play? Yeah. I'm gonna teach you a lesson in humility. All right, wait. Humility 101. You all set? Yeah. All right, here we go. As the 80s marched on, Candy continued to take roles in films that are questionable, things like Hot to Trot, but at the same time, he would land supporting roles in movies that are well-remembered, like Spaceballs and Volunteers. Then, he would land what some people consider his most definitive role in the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, playing Del Griffith. Now, he would play Del Griffith opposite Steve Martin, who played Neil Page. Originally, Steve Martin was brought in to read for the Del Griffiths role, but Martin really wanted to play Neil Page. And if you've never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's a great film. And here's a little bit of memorable John Candy from that film. Yeah, you're right. I talk too much. I also listen too much. I could be a cold-hearted cynic like you. But I don't like to hurt people's feelings. Well, you think what you want about me. I'm not changing. I like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. Because I'm the real article. What you see is what you get. After Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, he would work on movies like Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor, The Great Outdoors, opposite Dan Aykroyd, Armed and Dangerous, opposite Eugene Levy, his partner from The Last Polka, Who is Harry Crumb, Summer Rental, and Uncle Buck, the movie I was chained to for a week. There's a funny story that goes that one night during filming of Uncle Buck, John Candy went out to a bar and started hanging out with people. And he was such a nice guy, everybody liked him, that he just didn't go home. And on a radio talk show the next day, John Hughes heard that John Candy had been out all night with everybody. And he was really upset because he wanted John Candy to take care of himself and made John Candy take the day off and get some sleep. I think it shows that Candy was sort of an every guy, hanging out with people, having fun, but at the cost of something that could affect his health. We'll return after these messages. So wonderfully, wonderfully, and all that vitamin C, you're gonna love high C. There's enough high C for lunchtime and snack time with a high C nine pack. So pick up high C nine at a time and wrap up a great value in six great tasting high C flavors. You're gonna love high C. Morning is your time. The earth wakes up with you. Always feel that spark of life in everything you do. Grape nuts. For you, it's as natural as the morning. No sugar added, no preservatives, just an honest nutty crunch. Post Grape Nuts cereal. You know when you've got it good. Yes, you know when you've got it good. And now, back to our show. 
as the 80s turned into the 90s, Candy's career went into a bit of a decline, and he started to appear in a bunch of commercial failures, like Nothing But Trouble, where he was nominated for a Razzie Award, Delirious, and Once Upon a Crime. But he did have some small parts in some commercial successes, such as Rookie of the Year, as a voice in Rescuers Down Under, and in a small bit part in Home Alone at this time that John Candy started taking roles that allowed him to try a little drama. And he appeared in JFK, which people know about. But he also appeared in a romantic comedy slash drama called Only the Lonely with Maureen O'Hara and Ali Sheedy. I think one of the more overlooked movies of Candy's career. And if you haven't seen it, it's a sweet movie about a man's relationship with his overbearing mother and his new girlfriend. It also has the great Anthony Quinn in it. A fun little fact, John Candy has appeared in more John Hughes movies than any other actor. He appeared in seven Hughes films. I've already named a couple of them. Can you name them all? Go. Okay, time's up. The movies that he appeared in, National Lampoon's Vacation, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Great Outdoors, She's Having a Baby, Uncle Buck, Career Opportunities, and Home Alone. How many did you get? Now, while he would land many roles, there were certain roles that Candy was up for that he turned down or didn't get, like the Ghostbusters one. He was cast as a voice of a turkey in Disney's Pocahontas. The character was cut from the movie, so he never made an appearance. He was up for the role of Sam Slayton in the movie Used Cars, and that role went to Joe Flaherty, who was another SCTV alumni. And not a lot of people know this, but according to Rick Moranis, John Candy was supposed to play the role of Fred Flintstone in the Flintstones movie, but he passed away before the movie could go into production, and he was replaced by John Goodman. So as I mentioned, John Candy played Canadian football while he was in high school and was a big fan of Canadian football. In fact, in 1981, Wayne Gretzky, Bruce McNall, and Candy became co-owners of Canadian football's Toronto Argonauts. And at the time, the celebrity ownership attracted a lot of attention and a good amount of money. They were even able to sign some well-known NFL players to the team. In that year, the Argonauts took home the Grey Cup Now, I know nothing about Canadian football, but I think that the Grey Cup might be sort of like the Super Bowl up there. But they beat Calgary 36-21. Go Toronto. Have you bought your season's tickets yet for the Toronto Argonauts? No? Well, you should. You know, I I got mine earlier, but this place over here, I just bought some tickets over here, season's tickets. It should be fabulous. Very inexpensive, too. A man out front sold them to me for a, a few million lira for one seat. He said it's a very good seat. I haven't seen it yet, but, but they're very nice here. He took my watch and is going to go get it repaired right now. Should be back any time now. If you grew up in the late 80s, this might also mean something to you. Summer made of memories 
John Candy also produced and starred in a Saturday morning animated series on NBC called Camp Candy. It was set in a fictional summer camp run by Candy and featured his two children in supporting roles. Sadly, it didn't last long, but it did spawn a Marvel comic star comic imprint. So if you're a Candy fan, want to turn your kids into Candy fans, maybe you pick up Camp Candy, the comic book, and the animated series. If you've seen John Candy, you probably know that throughout his life he carried a lot of additional weight. And while toward the end of his life he tried to improve his health, it was a struggle. Now he would pass away while filming the movie Wagons East down in Durango, Mexico. According to his friend Maureen O'Hara, who was also a member of SCTV and has appeared in a lot of those mockumentary films by Christopher Guest. Just before going to Mexico, Candy talked to her on the phone and told her that he didn't really want to go there because he thought something bad was going to happen there. Now, I'm not sure if you could read into that. Pretty much any time I go anywhere, I call people and tell them I'm pretty sure something bad is going to happen to me. So that just might be his habit, like it is mine. Sadly, in this instance, something bad did happen. Candy was shooting the film, and then after cooking a late pasta dinner for his assistants, he went to sleep. And then sometime after midnight on March 4th, 1994, he passed away of a heart attack in his sleep at age 43. His funeral was held at the St. Martin of Tours Church and was attended by lots of celebrities. Tom Hanks, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Martin Short, Rick Moranis, Catherine O'Hara, Dan Aykroyd, who delivered his eulogy, a lot of great talent showed up to support a really talented person. Candy was interred at the mausoleum at Holy Cross Cemetery in Culver City, California. On March 18th of that year, a memorial service for Candy, which was produced by the Second City, was broadcast across Canada to celebrate the man's career. Wagons East would not be Candy's final film, although they would finish it with a body double. His final movie would be Michael Moore's Canadian Bacon, which was a film about an invasion of Canada led by an American sheriff, Bud Boomer, played by John Candy. Candy was inducted into the Canada's Walk of Fame, being a big celebrity, and the visual arts studio at Neil McNeil High School was named after him. The Candy family continues to stay in entertainment. Candy's daughter, Jennifer Candy, is an actress and television producer. She has acted on, according to Jim, Mad TV. Of course, she was a voice in Camp Candy, and she's been the producer on the TV series Foreign Body and Prom Queen. John Candy was multi-talented, very funny, and could pull off drama when he needed to. There's a famous quote by John Candy that goes, I think I may have become an actor to hide from myself. You can escape into a character. And I'm not so sure that John Candy was always able to hide himself in those characters because everyone you hear from says he was just a great guy. And almost every role he takes, that comes out. He's just likable. That's not very common in Hollywood to always be likable. And sadly, I don't think it was taken advantage of enough during his career. I would have liked to have seen dozens of more films with John Candy in it, but at least we have the movies we do. So this weekend, if you have some time, why not pick up a John Candy film? Maybe something early like Splash or Volunteers, or maybe go later in his career and see Canadian Bacon or Cool Runnings. Whichever you choose, you're going to be happy with your choice because he's a talented guy who brought a lot to the screen, and he will be missed. 
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. Thanks to Peachy for the music you hear in the show. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.